You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode 73. I'm your host, Master Weight Loss Coach and Author, Cookie Rosenblum. Today and every Tuesday, I'm going to coach you and teach you how to end that emotional eating, how to bust through those urges to binge, and how to leave all your overeating habits in the past. So welcome back. If you're a regular listener, I am so glad you're here again today. And if you just found me, I'm really glad you did. So let's all get settled, get comfortable. We're going to dive right into episode 73. And here's what we're going to cover today. Why I don't believe your weight loss excuses and why you shouldn't either. To start, here's what we will cover today. What is an excuse? And what is an obstacle? And what's the difference between the two of them? Because I want you to look at what you're doing in the right way. I also want you to take a little peek at what your favorite excuses are, what they are, how you created them, how they became habits, and possibly, is there a purpose they're serving? Let's take a look at that. And then there are three reasons why you should not believe the excuses that you're telling yourself, even though they feel real. And of course, you know, we always wrap it up with a how to do different, how to do better. And in this case, we're going to talk about how to let go of those excuses. So let's get started for today. And as I talk, I want you to think about what you tell yourself in your head. What are the most common excuses that influence everything you do, especially your eating? So let's first define excuse. An excuse is a well-practiced, very comfortable, false reason for doing something or not doing something. It justifies your behavior. And in doing so, it helps you rationalize anything you want to rationalize. It helps keep you exactly where you are. Now, that may be a good thing or it may not be a good thing. But if you're here, you know that there are things in your life you want to change, things that you're doing that you wish you weren't doing or that you wish you were doing differently. So we're going to take a look at your excuses and really look at them in depth. Now, let's think about an obstacle compared with an excuse. An obstacle, we all face obstacles in every single part of our life. You probably can think of 10 immediately. Think about your work life, your relationships, your family, your finances, every single part of your life, not to mention your body and your eating, all have different things that come up that are challenges that you face. But an obstacle is simply a problem to be solved. When you face an obstacle, your brain goes into motion looking for a solution. The big difference between an excuse, which is made up by us, versus an obstacle, which is given to us by the world, that the obstacle, we have so much more control over what we do with it. When we get stuck in repeating a habit of latching on to an excuse that we like, even if it's not true, even if it makes us feel bad, once we get used to it, we can get very comfortable with our excuses, right? So the difference between an excuse and an obstacle is that one keeps you stuck, the excuse, and one keeps you moving forward, the obstacle. Your brain is always looking for answers, but when you come up with an excuse, it feels like a dead end more than a open question. 
So let's think a little bit about you and your favorite excuses. Now, you may be saying to yourself, I don't have any excuses. I try to do everything the right way. I try to do what I need to do. But we all really do have excuses. So firstly, let's look at some of the most common ones that I would guess you could recognize. Some of the most common ones in the world of eating and changing your eating are, I'll just start tomorrow. That's an excuse. It's a lower brain thought that allows you to feel comfortable in the middle with not doing anything today, even though you really want to and you know you should. Even though your excuse of I'll start tomorrow isn't true, it has a certain level of comfort to it. Now, another common excuse is I just can't do it. The funny thing about excuses is that when you first hear them, when I'm saying them to you right now, they sound sometimes like the truth. They sound like, well, that's just the way it is. That's just a fact. That's me. I really can't do it. Look, I've got all the evidence to prove that I can't do it. I have tried 200 times to eat differently and I just can't do it. It sounds real to you, but I promise you that is just another lower brain excuse. And it makes up your habit of not making a change to what you're doing. Now, the third biggest excuse I hear is sometimes you might just think, I don't care. I just don't care right now. I don't care anymore. This isn't important. Who cares? Or as I said in one of the more recent podcasts is many people will just say, screw it. That's just another way of saying, who cares? I don't care. So I'll start tomorrow. I just can't do this. And I really don't care are all excuses. They are lower brain thoughts that allow you to stay where you are. And they feel comfortable, as we just said, even though they're not true. Why do they feel comfortable if they're not true? Why don't they make you get up off your butt and do something different? Because doing things the same way, even when it's painful, has a certain level of comfort to it. So how did you get your top three excuses? Where did they come from? Well, at one point... They were things that your mind came up with to make you feel better in the moment. In the moment, doing something now is much harder than putting it off till tomorrow. Saying, I just can't do it and giving up is easier than pushing through your discomfort and doing something new and possibly challenging. And saying, who cares? Screw it. I just don't care anymore. It's easier. It's the path of least resistance versus being really uncomfortable and really digging deep and telling yourself all the reasons why you do care. So the way that you get your favorite excuses is a means of adapting to an uncomfortable or challenging or difficult circumstance. The problem is that with practice, they become, I won't say permanent, but they become well-practiced and they create this very deep pathway in your brain so that as soon as discomfort comes up, your favorite excuse will follow. So as soon as you're doing something that feels new and odd and different and requires more of you and digging deeper, that old excuse, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow, will come up and it's gonna feel like the right thing to do. Your excuse of, oh, come on, who am I kidding? I just can't do this. That's going to come up because it's a practiced, ingrained brain pathway, and it's going to feel like such a relief to give up to your excuse. 
The problem is, is that your those excuses, your excuses keep you exactly where you are. They don't let you move any further down any path. Anytime you want to make change, you're going to bump into what you've always done and your lower brain's going to feed it back to you and it will give you the perfect excuse. How do these particular excuses become your go-to excuses? Your lower brain gets reminded occasionally of different triggers that will bring back episodes of one time that you said, I'll do it tomorrow. Another time that you said, who cares? And another time that you said, I just can't do this. And it's like going into the computer and searching for something similar to what you're doing. And it will be like, voila, here's what she's looking for. She doesn't really want to do this. Let's give her one of her favorite top three excuses. So it simply becomes what you go to as soon as you're challenged and as soon as things get a little bit difficult. Excuses serve a purpose. Every single thing that you do in your life, most every single thing is not meant to hurt you. It's not meant to sabotage you. It's not meant to get you in trouble. Everything you do is meant to help you and it's meant to make you feel better. But if you're off track in the beginning and you temporarily feel better, instead of pushing yourself to create a new habit, then these ways of feeling better become a habit in and of themselves. When they're not needed, it's hard to get rid of them. Your lower brain doesn't realize that they're not needed. Your lower brain thinks, well, she's done this so many times before. She must really love this excuse. It must work for her. Let's keep reminding her that she can't do it. So there's no truth to it, even though it feels real. There are three reasons why I don't want you to believe any of these excuses anymore. So let's talk about them one at a time. And if you were sitting with me and you were my client and you told me these excuses, what I would be able to do would be for me to step back and listen to you and give you what's hard to have yourself. And what that is, is perspective. When you're in your own head, talking your own talk, saying your top three excuses, you don't really hear that they're excuses, but I do. So I'd be interested at the end of this podcast, if you want to send me an email and tell me what you know, honest in your heart, your top three excuses are. And let's see if we can blast through them together. But here's the reasons why you shouldn't believe them. If it were truly real and true, then it would be in your favor. It would be working for you. It would make you feel good because your higher brain always wants what's best for you. Your mind and your brain were never designed to sabotage you. So if you have an excuse and it keeps you stuck and it prevents you from getting where you want to go, that's a prime indication that that's not working for you. If it's not working for you, guess what? It's an excuse. Now, another reason that I don't want you to believe these top three excuses is that believing the excuse, even though in the moment it feels right, it holds you back from finding a true solution because you're not looking for a solution when you're in your comfort zone. Let's face it, when you're in your comfort zone, things stay status quo. When you're out of your comfort zone, that's when our survival instincts go into play. And that's when we're called upon to search for a different solution. 
That's part of our survival for millions of years. We don't want to not feel good. We don't want to be in pain and we don't want to be miserable. We want to find a solution. But when an excuse temporarily makes us feel a little better, even though it's not real, that puts aside our search for the answer. And the third reason why I don't want you to believe your top three excuses is that look at your life. Look at all the things that you've overcome in your life in all different categories. There's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with your brain. And there's no reason you can't get to the next level and break through these excuses and find truly what the challenge is and find an answer. But you need to see what's happening in order to do that. And an excuse keeps you nice and cozy in the little protected box of not being happy with where you are, but not being motivated to do anything about it. So I want you to think of all the different things that you have done, all the things you've overcome, all the problems that you've solved that were so much bigger, so much bigger than what to eat and what not to eat and when to stop and when to start. So we know what excuses are. We understand the way you use your excuses and how they became go-to quick reactions. And we understand why they don't work. But I want you to start challenging yourself. And when you hear yourself say those excuses, I want you to recognize them. That's the biggest thing you could do. Recognize what's happening and challenge them, question them see them for what they are, know that they're not really true. How do we do all that? How do you let go of your common excuses? It always helps when you take things that you're thinking and you get them out of your head onto paper. If you don't do that, then all the different things you're thinking about go around and around, spin around in your mind, and it's really hard to have any objectivity. So I want you to grab a piece of paper and download all the things your mind tells you in the words that usually come up when you're excusing yourself from moving forward. When you say to yourself, oh, next time will be different. I'll just start again tomorrow. I just can't do this or I just don't care anymore. When you write those words down, it will help you recognize them next time they come up. And that is really key. Before you go into the old habit, I want you to recognize what's happening. And by writing them down, then you understand the language that your mind is using in your excuses. Remember that all your thoughts create your feelings. So the language that your mind is using to you, all of these excuse thoughts all create feelings. If you think, I just can't do it, What kind of feeling do you think you're creating? Well, you know you're creating the feeling of helplessness or hopelessness. Why bother? So everything has a consequence. Understand how these thoughts create your feelings and see them for what they are. All they are are lower brain habitual pathways that are not really meaningful. It's just that they started at one point and you adopted them and you gave them meaning and you practice them. And so they feel really real to you. And then look for evidence of anything you've ever done where you previously had excuses, but you had to work through them for one reason or another. Use that as proof that you can rewire your thoughts that hold you back. Now, here's what I want you to focus on for the next coming days until we meet again. Write down those lower brain thoughts. When they come up, bam, recognize them. 
Your excuses keep you stuck. So we want to blast through the excuses and recognizing them is the number one thing that has to happen. Where will you be? Ask yourself, where will you be in 10 minutes if you follow your excuses? Where will you be in 10 days if you follow your excuses? And where will you be in 10 months, let alone 10 years? Vow to see them and, here's key, do not get upset and do not follow them. Take a leap. Remember we talked about the leap of faith. Dare to be uncomfortable because you're doing something different. Discomfort is just a part of change. And then celebrate when you do this so that you rewire the new habit of hearing an excuse and not following it. I know that your goal is for it to feel natural, not forced. But in the beginning, it's not going to feel natural. Don't be upset. That's it for this subject. In our coaching session today, you know now what you need to stay focused on. If you're enjoying these coaching sessions with me, I want you to just imagine possibly how much more progress you might make with personal guidance from me. If that resonates with you and these coaching sessions do, we should talk. I do work with several private clients at a time and I create highly personalized coaching programs for each of them and the programs help them get the result they want most. So if we were to work together, naturally you would lose weight. Of course, you will conquer that emotional eating and learn where your binge urges come from. But even more than that, the goal with me is for you to lose the whole problem. That is what I do with my private clients. So take a look in the show notes. There's a link there to schedule a consultation where we can talk and see if we're a good fit. By the way, I also have a gift for my new listeners. In the show notes, you can grab your free downloadable copy of my full-length book, Clearing Your Path to Permanent Weight Loss. It's available on Amazon, but it's my gift today for you. I hope to see you back here next week where we will continue to work on your emotional eating and your binge eating step-by-step until they both become something you used to do. But for now, this is your coach, Cookie, reminding you that as you search for answers, keep it real, just like you. And I will see you next week.